Welcome back to the Misguided Miscreants podcast. I am your co-host, Andy, and with me I have the other co-hosts, JJ and MJ. And today we have a special guest, Ron. What's up, guys? Hey, what's up, guys? Hello, hello. Yo. Yo. So today's episode, basically, we wanted to talk about our perspectives growing up in our respective, I guess, areas. Um, We're basically all from NorCal. Ron is from SoCal, and we just want to, like, compare contrast you know talk about our old stories growing up and more importantly i guess like our asian experience yeah uh, i don't know would you guys call it that <laughs> asian experience <laughs> yeah um so ron we met um was it track day i'm pretty sure it was track day man right yeah i think it was because um i was going to school and then uh, i think i met a mutual friend of ours from there mm-hmm. and then years later after we had graduated we all got into um the sport of tracking and uh one day uh this mutual friend of ours his name is mao, <laughs> mao. yep mao shout out mao <laughs> shout out <laughs> yeah he just brought you and uh chan to the track and then ever since then we've just become like a uh, really good friends and then you introduced me to mj and jj and yeah um at the time, they were living in San Diego when I met That's them. That's right. Yeah. 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 Yeah, I remember that day. I remember all the tacos. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Dude, those tacos. <laughs> yeah. Fish tacos and uh, the uh, Korean pub. The Korean pub, yeah. <laughs> oh, yeah. I remember that. And, and you don't know this, Ron, but that day, <laughs> the first time we met, I remember this because I felt bad after... Um, but I made fun of your your car because I was like, "Oh, look at this guy! He has a spoiler." <laughs> and then I was, and then Andy was like, "Oh, that's Ron's car." And I was like, "Oh shit, <laughs> my bad, <laughs> jerk." <laughs> yeah, I know. But I gotta say, a lot of guys that have like those decked out spoilers and like all those mods, like, would you say Ron? They don't really race, you know, right? Yeah. Would you say that's a fair assumption? Whereas Ron, I've seen Ron actually like race, and you know, he's pretty good. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, <laughs> and, and yeah, so I made that assumption because that's what I thought too. I was like, "Oh, it doesn't seem like most people." And I, I don't know because I'm not in that scene, mm-hmm. so I just made a stupid assumption based on no information at all. <laughs> but sure. but I know now, and I said it. Like I said, I felt bad, so my my bad. <laughs> oh, it's all good, man. It's all good. Yeah. We're good friends. Yeah. <laughs> I'm still a little rice at heart, so don't worry. <laughs> cool. <laughs> Yeah, so I remember that too, man. All those tacos. And that was the first time... Was that the first time we ate there too at that place? The seafood With one? the octopus yeah. tacos? Yeah. Dude, yes. We, yeah. And we lived down the we street. We lived... Yeah, exactly. We lived like literally a few minutes away from there. Yeah. I never tried it. Yeah, I think someone was hesitant about those uh, octopus tacos. They're just like, octopus? Ew. But then uh, someone tried it. And then Wait, who was hesitant? We're just like... I forgot who it was. Maybe Chan. Really? <laughs> oh, maybe. Maybe. Man, that shit was delicious. Yeah, it it caught me off guard too. I was like, I don't. I, I wasn't like hesitant, but I was like, I don't know if that sounds enticing. Mm. And then I tried it. And I was like, oh my god, like. <laughs> I what didn't is mind this? it. Cause I mean, they have a there's a Filipino dish with like octopus and squid, so I was I was familiar with it, and so I was just like, oh hell yeah, yeah, and it was so good. I mean, we're we're Asian, you know, we eat a lot of the that stuff. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Yeah, exactly, which is what is informing this episode. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Actually, Ron, I, I actually forgot. I think you told me once, but like, what type of Asian are you? Sounds like a quiz. <laughs> uh, I'm a mix of many ethnicities, That's what I but thought, yeah. I would say primarily um, 
my ethnic background based off how uh, my parents just like raised me. Probably Vietnamese, Chinese, and Laotian. Oh yeah, that's right. Was, is it? Is it yeah. Oh. You pronounce it Laotian? Laotian? I think so. Laotian. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I didn't. I didn't know either. I thought it was Laotian. Yeah, I don't know. I. I'm not. Yeah. I'm pretty sure it's Laotian. Okay. Now I know. <laughs> okay. Yeah, because because I knew that you're like something that is not that common. I remember that. Uh yeah, it's not too common even down here in um, San Diego. But we can yeah. get to that later too. Yeah. I got some stuff to talk about that for you guys. (laughs) Yeah. I mean, let's get into it right now. You know, like, obviously, you know, well, you don't specifically live in San Diego, but like, we're not to disclose where exactly you live, but you live in kind of the outskirts of San Diego. So, like, how was growing up there like? Uh, Well, the thing is, I uh, was raised in San Diego as well as the outskirts Mm. of San Diego. Mm -hmm. So, um, when I was 10, I had moved up from an area of called uh, Southeast San Diego mm-hmm. to uh, a newer area um, called North County. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And uh, yeah. it was quite a transition for me because um, I had grown up uh, going to an elementary school that was predominantly Asian, uh, Mexican, a lot of minorities. Okay. Mm-hmm. Um, and that was what I knew. You know, everybody culturally... Um, ate the same food. Um, I mean, this is like amongst like Vietnamese, Laotian, like so- Southeastern Asians, right? Yeah. Mm-hmm. And in a lot of Vietnamese cultures, like Chinese people are mixed in as well. So there, we have a lot of like Chinese Vietnamese people down here as well. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, um, I think when I was 10, my dad uh, bought a new house in North County, San Diego. And I mean, like any kid, like moving, it's just like, I don't want to move. I'm going to miss my friends, et cetera. <laughs> yeah, right. Right. Yeah. And that was like <laughs> such a, such a, like a kid thing to worry about. It was then, devastating, uh, right? It was devastating. I was like, yeah. I thought my life was over, right? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Like that was oh, like, dude, I know that feels like half that your life like, is over. <laughs> that was only like yeah. the beginning of it actually. Um, yeah. Cause I thought I was just like not have friends, but, um, after moving up here and, you know, I went to my first day of the new elementary school and it was like mind blowing, like what I saw, I was just like, I'm the only Asian kid oh, in okay. this entire school. Damn. Um, Damn. Yeah. Like, uh, the area I lived in, uh, I didn't realize at first we had people riding horses around and what the hell? it was still being <laughs> developed. Oh, what? Uh, and <laughs> it was yeah it was relatively new at the time and uh yeah my first day of school like everybody was just like hey do you speak asian can you speak asian? <laughs> oh my god no. oh my god yeah. you speak asian. <laughs> do you speak a continent hell yeah <laughs> hell yeah i do and i mean like it didn't bother me too much at first i was just like oh like this sucks man like um they just couldn't relate to me and like to like all the kids i was like an exotic yeah. Best. Oh gosh. Yeah. yeah. Um. And yeah, like that was my life from ten years old to graduating high school. Like a uh, first elementary. Like um, I'm not saying like kids are all the kids are mean or anything like that. I guess they were just like 
um, uneducated, right? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, and I don't blame them for that. It's like, you know, you grow up in like a predominantly um, Caucasian and Mexican area and you've never mm-hmm. seen an Asian and you see them like bring lunch to school, like rice. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and they're just like, oh, that's like, we only eat that when we go to restaurants. <laughs> Man. Oh. Uh, well, we're fancy, you know. Yeah, I know, right. Yeah. I was about to say. I I guess that means we're fancy. And then uh, middle school was pretty much the same. Uh, I guess like when you're singled out as the like one of the few Asians, like everybody calls you the Asian, right? Like, oh, oh yeah, yeah, Ron, the Asian, the Asian, the Asian. Oh, they didn't, they didn't call you Chinese, you know? No, they're just like know, right? they're just like oh, the Asian, the Asian. Yeah. Um, and then like uh. I guess like back in like the early two thousands, like uh, um, it was still during that time or phase where you know like kids were spiking their hair with gel. Oh yeah, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and uh, kids just be like, "Oh yeah, he's such an Asian with his Super Saiyan hair." <laughs> blah, blah, blah. Oh my god! <laughs> what? <laughs> Those comments didn't bother me. I was just like, ah, whatever, you know, like yeah, it is what it is. But uh, high school. Um, once I got to high school, like um. No, I have to admit something. So go for it. Uh, I didn't even know what Filipinos were until middle school. <laughs> what? Did you meet like? Did you meet your first Filipino in middle school or something? Yeah, yeah, I did. Yeah, I did. Um, and he turned out to be one of my best friends. Oh, nice. Uh, his name is Sean, and um, we just grew up to be like really, really great friends. I know his whole family, his younger brother. Uh, yeah. But uh, at the time. He was like, yeah, I'm Asian, I'm Filipino. I was like, oh, I've never heard of Filipino because I grew up in uh, southeastern San Diego where it was just like Vietnamese and it was it was ghetto too. It was mm-hmm. like a ghetto area. Like a lot of gangs were um, oh, in the area. Oh, like, okay. But the Filipinos of San Diego, they they were um, abundant in like Mira Mesa or mm, yep. um, yeah. like Chula Vista or National City, if you guys know. Yeah. Yes. But I lived in like, uh, what was it? I think it was... Um, Lemon Grove, Zaricot Lemon Grove. Okay. Uh, anyways, uh, yeah, I met my best friend in middle school, and I started learning about like Filipino culture and like where they were, and um, I had my first experience to Balut. <laughs> oh God, dude! Even uh, MJ and dude. Jimmy John didn't do it, yeah, right? We, we I never, never tried it. Oh, never! I don't. No, I don't ever want. I don't want to. <laughs> At that point, it's just something you do for the lulls, you know, like for the just, Maybe, just to mean, say you did it. Maybe you ever visit like... the Philippines? Like, a, mm-hmm. it's a thing to do there. Mm-hmm. Uh, nah, I'm good. <laughs> I'm good. Just don't think about it. It's actually <laughs> my pretty, taste buds. Pretty good, actually, the egg yolk. Was it? Okay. Really? No way. You pull in my leg. <laughs> no, no. <laughs> just... <laughs> God, just try the egg yolk. I've never, like, taken a step to oh. eating the oh, okay. uh, the thing the and, actual yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> could bring myself to do it but um maybe one day but uh yeah uh i didn't know any filipinos until middle school and then once i got to high school i guess the area became um a little more developed and mm-hmm. you have uh, a lot of uh southern san diegans moving up north because uh housing became more affordable um compared mm-hmm. to like areas that already, were already built mm-hmm. and um I just uh, met a lot of Filipinos throughout high school. And, like, I was still, like, the only non-Filipino Asian in the school. Oh, wow. But at least 
um, you know, had a few more people to relate to. Right. Um, yeah. But uh, after high school, like my mind like just like grew exponentially about like where Asians lived and stuff like that. Like prior to college, to um, attending my university, like I thought like NorCal was just all Caucasian people. <laughs> really? Yeah, yeah, I know. It's, Whoa, it's, that's it's, yeah. It sounds hilarious. Like when I look back at it now, but like I just always thought like NorCal was just like Caucasians, like not even any you other. Ne- you never funny. take took like a trip up to like the San Francisco Bay Area, like at any you know, time. I, I did when I was like maybe eight because I had a cousin that lived there. But oh, okay. when you're eight, you just stay in the house and you know you play Super Mario. Yeah, you don't really. And that's that it. Kind of you, thing. you don't go out. But then uh, I went to uh, UCSD in San Diego. Mm-hmm. And uh, everybody who is Asian was not from SoCal. <laughs> yeah, so of course. Yeah, and they were like, "I'm from NorCal, repping NorCal," and they start using this slang like "hella, hella, hella." Hella. They brought hella down. Yeah, they brought hella. I was like, "Damn!" It's like that sounds weird. It but then uh, it kind of grew on me, so I use it now. <laughs> nice converted you. You know. I I never I never knew that hello was just a NorCal thing until you went down. I went to school outside of the area. Oh, like they would just be like, "Oh my gosh, you're so Bay Area," and I'm like, "What? What, what does that mean? I didn't know. I thought it was a universal thing." Nah. No, the first time I heard that, I was just like, "Dude, that is some weird English, man. That is some weird, <laughs> weird English." Out of all the things you've heard, that is weird. The yeah. weirdest <laughs> English. That is how you express. Um, a lot, a lot. The word, <laughs> many, yeah, like many yep. yeah. extra. Um, but yeah, like I started using it, and then I met like other Asians from SoCal, and they would hear me saying, "They're like, oh, you must be from NorCal." Like I could tell. <laughs> oh my! God. And I was like, no, <laughs> <laughs> nah, no, I'm born and raised in San Diego, but I guess people just rub off on me. Yeah, that, that's really different from like I guess our experience because mm-hmm. where we grew up in NorCal specifically like the daily city area yeah yeah it was like a whole mix of asians like filipinos mm-hmm. chinese some vietnamese mostly yeah mostly yeah. filipinos yeah. i think right mostly filipino and chinese yeah really so it was like nothing new to us i didn't even know that there was like a difference in races until like <laughs> what because then okay so i was always in the school with you know asians Oh, well, I guess when I went to private school, there were white kids and Hispanic kids, but it was mostly like Asian. And then I didn't realize that there was a thing as a minority mm-hmm. until yeah. like I went to a public school that was like mostly white people. At least in my class, it was mostly white people. And I was just like, what the heck? I was just like the third Asian in my class. <laughs> Wait, where was this? Garden Village. Oh, really? Yeah. Yeah. Which, which is weird because huh. it's still in Daly City. Yeah. Right. Yeah. I, I guess in that class, at least, I was the only, like, one of the only Asians in that class. I think. Yeah. Hmm. Yeah. I only went to Garden Village um, for one year. Oh, okay. And okay. then I went to Ben after that. Yeah. And that was, yeah. there were a lot of Filipinos there. Of course. You know, um, I'm curious, what is the. Like, uh, I know that, like, a San Fran, or at least Daily City, has a large Filipino and, I believe it's Cantonese, Chinese mm-hmm. population, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, like, 
what is like the rest of the bay comprised of? Um, well, just like in general, like what, what are the other demographics? Yeah, like you know how in like National City, um, Mm -hmm. that's like a lot of Filipinos are in that area. Yeah. Okay. Well, I mean, it it really depends. Um, I like in Daily City, like we said, it's mostly Filipino Chinese. Mm -hmm. Um, and as far as I know, there's also I don't know about the specific cities, but I know there is a decent um, like Polynesian, like Samoan and Tongan population demographic. Oh, yeah. Um, there's also mostly and there's a lot of black people, too. Most of them live like on the in the East Bay, though, mm-hmm. as far as I understand. At least the last time I looked up like the demographics for the Bay Area. Um, East Bay. There's also, yeah, East Bay, like San Oakland, Ramon. Richmond. Um, San Ramon. Is San Ramon East Bay? Yeah, it is okay uh yeah like yeah like those places um like across across like just across the bay bridge or just across the golden gate um like also like hayward and those places over there um and i know there's a decent hispanic latino slash latino community um but it yeah it's like because like a lot of the i don't say major cities but like the the main cities that people know like vallejo is like north bay and then oakland is east and then san jose is south and then san francisco is technically west but not really and yeah it's pretty much like from what i understand yeah it's a there's a lot of filipinos in the bay area in general too i see um especially because when you think about how many just uh i forgot what year uh, and we learned this in like history class or something but like how many asians mostly chinese in the beginning like like migrated over to the bay area and then like filipinos followed suit and then there's a lot of filipinos in the bay i see just just spread out (laughs) um why do you think i guess like according to history like what do you know about the chinese and filipino people migrating to like the bay area like was there some type of government program um to influence that i have no idea um i don't know about a government program but as far as like um specific like historical events uh i know around the time of like the gold rush was when a lot of chinese people and then following that um migrated over to the bay area and then i don't really know what the specific event was someone someone else might know um or someone out there might know i don't know someone can correct me but um like i i think i don't know like I don't know what it is what it is about San Francisco and Daly City that people like F- Filipinos just started moving over here, and I guess like their families in the Philippines found out, and then they just found out like, oh, they're having good jobs and li- yeah, lives over there. So then like yeah. it's the same thing like word of mouth. I see. Yeah, because um, in San Diego, um, uh, I believe the primary reason why like a lot of the Southeastern Asians like Vietnamese. Laotian Cambodian people why they um, chose San Diego to uh, immigrate to was due to like um, I don't think it was the Vietnam War but it had something to do with communism yeah uh, oh yeah my mom and dad told me this story so pretty much when they were I think like eight or something like this in the 70s like there was just like the rise of communism and then I don't know if you guys know about the killing fields. Have you guys heard about that? Um, no. I've heard of it. I don't know oh, the details. Wow, okay. So um, killing fields pretty much 
like the near genocide of Cambodian people. Oh, Holy yeah. Shit. Okay, I didn't know that's that's what the, the yeah, name was. yeah that's uh, that's what they're referring to. Oh, and snap. what it's what it means is um there was this guy who was Cambodian, and he I believe he um had like a heavy influence of like French background because if I recall correctly, the French kind of colonized like Vietnam, uh, yeah. Laos, and Cambodia. And they were just teaching about like the politics and all the French culture, just taking over that area. And uh, this guy, his name is Pol Pot. Pol Pot. I'm not sure if I'm saying it right, but he uh, was educated enough, uh, and he learned about like all these government laws and colonialism, and came back from France, I think. And he just decided like, I want to create the best Cambodia ever. What? <laughs> yeah, and during that time, uh, he just—I'm not sure how he came up, came to power, but he started like um, recruiting people. And when your people want freedom, or you know, like "quote unquote" freedom, mm -hmm. they'll follow you, right? Mm -hmm. yeah. And uh, he pretty much rounded up anybody who was educated, like teachers, mm. uh, people who like like reading, like had books. That were burned books and he wanted to start over he wanted to create his vision of cambodia Man. and uh, anyone who he thought like was educated in that sense could like you know like cause trouble for him um he killed them yep oh, that sounds and familiar actually, <laughs> my dad actually told me this story um so my dad is chinese mm. and i think he has some cambodian in him um, but uh, he told me his family was primarily from China and they settled down in Cambodia for business. Mm -hmm. And during the time, like, you know, they were actually like the richest, most well-off and wealthy family in the village. Like they own a ruby mine, sapphire mine, like diamond wow. mines. Like they own farms for fruit, like durian, <laughs> all that stuff. Nice. And they had like, Houses on houses and land and like acres of land, and uh, told me that uh, one day like um, and this is like like a his grandpa was like well connected in the military. He had like he knew the like, generals and everything like that, like the five star general. Oh, wow. He was telling me like yeah, like we were so well off, like I would never have to have to work ever in my life. Whoa. And uh, one day that's crazy. These guys come in on their jeep and they're like, oh, like we're all brothers and sisters. You know, we don't need to fight anymore. Like put your guns away throw your guns into the courthouse and we can start over and um, create a better Cambodia. And uh, my dad's dad, who's my grandpa, he was like, no, nah, I'm not giving up my M16. Like he buried that in the backyard. Right. Damn. He's like, this, this, this sounds too sus. I'm going to like, keep <laughs> too sus. but like everybody was sus. like, everybody was just throwing their stuff um, into, the yeah. court, into the courthouse. And because like my dad's family was like a little more educated they kind of knew, like, you know, like, something's up. Mm -hmm. This isn't yeah. right. Yeah. And uh, he was telling me, like, these guys who came in, they were so deceiving. They just, like, like they act like your friend and everything like that, right? He, he told me this one story. These guys were arguing because of, when the communists came in, like, their economy just collapsed. Their money was, like, worth nothing. Yeah. And... um these guys are arguing in this restaurant saying like, I'm not going to pay for this. This is too expensive, et cetera. 
and um i think the customer just pulls out his gun and shoots the owner oh what, what? damn so then like uh the officers from pol pot's regime come in and they arrest the guy and they're like hey it's okay um you know like we're brothers we don't need to fight like like let's go to the courthouse and we'll get this settled jeez oh, and my dad was just like following he's she's like a little kid he's just curious he's following mm-hmm. the guy to the courthouse and the guy disappears into the courthouse with the officer and my dad's like damn like where'd he go it's been like 30 minutes and then the guy comes out with the officer and he's like oh you know everything's good go home everything's okay the guy walks around starts taking like eight steps and the officer just pulls out his gun and shoots him in the back of the head what? holy shit Wait, it happened right in front of your dad? In front of my dad, yeah. Oh, my God. And he said, like, um, man, he told me all these crazy stories. And, like, I can go on and on, but I don't want to, like, you know, put too much into this podcast about, <laughs> you know, like, the genocide that he had to go through. But, um, yeah, he lost two brothers because of um, an ambush. Damn. He was trying to escape. His, he and his family were trying to escape to Thailand. Uh, because that's where like my grandpa, his grandpa's connection was the the general of Thailand. He was like the general of Thailand or something like that. He's like, come to Thailand, like we'll keep you safe. And uh, he said like one night um, they were trying to escape and like they had to pack all their belongings, right? Leave in the middle of the night mm-hmm. and they had to follow like the moon and the stars back in the day. And they wanted to bring as many people um, across the border as possible. But some of these people didn't, you know, like they were uneducated. They mm-hmm. kind of ignorant to what was going on, right? They didn't see everything all the time. Yeah. And um, they were just like, oh, why are you making us leave? Like, we don't want to leave. It's too cold. We're hungry. And they're just like, this is like a group of like 200 people. And my dad's family's in the front of the group leading the pack. Yeah. And um, they're just complaining, like screaming and like complaining, yelling, crying. And uh, my dad's dad was like, we can't do this with them. Like, um, let's go. Like, we they're too slow. They're taking too long. They're not listening to me. We have to go. Um, and right when my dad's dad gets to the front of the group where his family is, he said all he saw and heard were just lights and bullets just like going everywhere. Whoa. Like someone ratted out, oh um, ratted out the group, and then like the whole middle section just collapsed. And my dad's family had to run one way and then the people who um, were in the back had to run back home and his younger brother two of his younger brothers um went back went back home and for three years they waited in thailand and they sent they like sold their diamonds they sold their watches and to hide all this stuff what they did um was because you know like you have corrupt soldiers everywhere you know like even if they're working with you like if they're tight like the thai soldiers they want to see what you have and yeah. if you have something worth they they're, they're going to take it from you so like what my grandpa did was he was like smart enough he filled like um these coolant bottles of dirty water right and he made the kids carry it to make it look like it was drink like dirty drinking water yeah. but what he did was he filled it with jewelry of diamonds and watches and everything that's so when when they look inside they're just like oh just take it we don't want your stuff yeah <laughs> damn that's uh, smart yeah smart yeah yeah like just crazy stories but um for three years they waited in thailand and they kept hiring um u.s marines they were paying u.s marines to go back to cambodia to find um 
my dad's younger brothers. And the first group they sent in, um, they never came back. Damn. The Marines? Yeah, the second group that Damn. went in were Thai, Thai soldiers who knew the jungle better, right? Yeah. Um, and they never came back. Oh, shit. The third group, um, and this is like, they're like funding this privately. Like my grandpa's just like selling diamonds, watches, buying all the guns, buying all the food, the resources, and Damn. the contracts. Just like, go, just please go get my sons. And um, they said that they found the dead bodies of the uh, the second group. They were looted. Someone like they were just like bandits that looted their bodies and killed them in the jungle. Damn. Because uh, they knew that people were trying to cross back and forth between the Thailand and uh, like the borders of Thailand. Mm-hmm. So it was just like easy pickings, you know. So um, yeah, they never they never uh, got his body back. They said that he had died like years prior due to starvation. Damn. And um. That's how my parents met was when they went to the camps in Thailand. Um, there was a government program that just helped a bunch of refugees relocate. And mm-hmm. one of the locations that um, these Southeastern Asians relocated to was San Diego. Wow. That's a crazy story. That's... I know. Yeah. yeah. Man. <laughs> oh, man. Like, I tell you more stories about like how he grew up. Like, Oh, yeah. I remember you telling me about that. Your dad's a gangster, dude. <laughs> dude, my dad is a gangster. Yeah, like he he would have had like a few kills like in his younger days just because like of all like the racist bullying and robbing and yeah didn't speak a lick of English. So they had to defend themselves with guns. Like just crazy story. Yeah. But um, yeah, that's how like Southeastern Asians um, came to be in San Diego. And I believe the way Filipinos came was because of uh, the Navy. Mm. Um, during the war, the I'm not sure what war it was. I'm assuming it's like World War II because Philippines and Japan, right? Mm-hmm. And the Navy was recruiting Filipino people in the islands. Like, hey, if you work, if you like join us, um, we'll give you citizenship or something like that. It's something along those lines. Mm-hmm. But um, that's why you see such a huge Navy like group of Filipino people oh, in San Diego. Wow. Okay. Well, yeah, that makes I mean. Sense. I don't know if that's the main reason why, but there definitely is a lot of Filipinos in the Navy and in the military in general. Right. Um, mm-hmm. But it's well in San Diego at least that um, that's what I've seen. I don't. Yeah. But you're right. I don't know if that's the main reason. Because um, I know, uh, well, it's, just, it's not. It's not like it's a secret, but like uh, the Philippines is like really obsessed with America and American culture. Um, almost to a fault and like anything that america does a lot of like filipinos kind of really latch onto it and then that includes like wanting to join the military and like prove that you're you know like oh like i'm an american too you know what i mean which is like if you think about it like having to prove that you're american through the military is like not exactly the best way or like the even the right way i dare say (laughs) but yeah that's that makes sense though for southern california and then i i know too like in long beach from what i understand there's also a big cambodian population too oh yeah dude yeah. those guys are gangsta. yeah, <laughs> yeah. Damn, really? I, I know yeah uh, I, there's a lot of cambodian gangs in in long beach from what i heard too oh yeah damn. yeah they're scary i'm, I'm so uninformed <laughs> the, the only reason why i know is because after I started going to Cal State Long Beach is when I started hearing about like the Cambodian genocide and why there's so many Cambodians in Long Beach and like the gangs and like um, 
like you have you know like i don't say traditional because that sounds weird but like the, <laughs> the traditional american gangs like crips and bloods and long beach of course but then like cambodians have their own gangs too and they like butt heads with the other gangs and mm-hmm. and with each other at the same time yeah i've heard of that yeah i heard it gets pretty crazy i, I wouldn't know firsthand but that's what i heard mm-hmm. that's where i heard the term uh abg <laughs> uh, like i oh, thought God. <laughs> I, I didn't know what an abg was until three years ago dude it's <laughs> It, Wait, really? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Just Damn. three years I ago, know, right? Three, three years ago, yeah. I think it's weird how some people we know claim to be ABGs. Mm-hmm. Like, they're trying to, like, you know, like, claim that name yeah. or whatever, but it's like, you're from Daly City. And, and also, being an ABG is not something you self-identify as, and it's yeah. not something you should be proud of, at least not historically. Right. It's kind of like... um. The weeb, y- yes, the weeb yeah. dude, yes. <laughs> yeah, yes. Like you guys are talking about that previously in your mm-hmm. podcast, and very similar. Yeah, that that terminology, like that, it's not something that you should like wear, like yeah. loud and proud. It's mm-hmm. kind of a no no. Yeah. Uh, it's like looked down upon. And yeah. I didn't know what an ABG was until like three years ago. Like I thought it was just like a, I just thought it was an Asian girl with blonde hair and like long hair, <laughs> you know, like. Yeah, and like these girls are just saying, "I'm ABG, I'm cute, I'm ABG," and then I learned later on from a, a friend of mine. His name's Anthony. He's um from Long Beach, and he was saying like, "Yeah, like that name. Like I grew up in Long Beach, and like an ABG is like not something you want to be associated Dude. with." Yeah, it's just a gangster Asian girl. Yeah, mm-hmm. and not even that. It's typically associated like you. You're. If you're an AB, if back then, if you were an ABG, you were typically dating like a drug dealer or a gang member. Exactly. And Asian a, uh, ABG didn't originally stand for Asian baby girl. It was something else. I forgot what it was before. Oh. Um, because I literally I remember reading about it, and it was like, yeah, it used to stand for something different. Um, and then people started using it as like an aesthetic, <laughs> rather than like an actual thing. Yeah, it, it's a fashion statement. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> it's definitely bizarre. Hmm. But yeah, it's it's not it's like oh like you have highlights, you have blonde hair and long nails. You they drink boba and they go to raves. I'm an ABG, and then it's like what? <laughs> no, it's not a good thing. <laughs> I'm really curious how that even like morphed into that, right? Yeah, well, at first I was gonna say like yeah, I think about that too, but also not. It's not that surprising when you think about how many different subcultures are, tend to be. Uh, we call it co-opted or appropriated by people who aren't a part of it Mm -hmm. and they just treat it as some kind of like trendy thing to like do yeah that's true right for example um i haven't seen it but we probably haven't seen it firsthand in like our lives because like we said before we grew up around a lot of asian people um but like the whole like uh what what people call like cholos or chola thing like Mm -hmm. there is like apparently this group of like white girls that treat it as like an aesthetic and they wear like these bandana tops and long hoop earrings and like they wear the makeup the same way like like cholas do and it's just like oh yeah. let me post some pictures and like this is so cute like look at my outfit and it's like what you're not what huh. <laughs> it's like a trendy thing like you just like wear it and then you can just take it off whenever you want but like some people actually like at least back then lived that thing like it wasn't just like they put makeup on and they like took a picture and then took it off and called it a day did we talk about this 
before um how like there was like a cholo or chola like culture somewhere in asia yeah is it japan chicano yeah, yeah japan. the whole chicano oh, dude, subculture. i know what you guys are talking about oh god it's so riders, right? weird. It's more than yeah, and low riders. everything. Yeah. Low riders, yeah. the the clothing, yeah. the the tattoos. Even some of them get like, um, what's considered like, I, I don't know, like not only traditional, but like culturally, like Chicanos or Chicanas, like, uh, they have like certain tattoos and like, um, what do you call it? Uh, what's the word? Just like a certain subculture that they live that like in japan apparently it's just like a thing they're like a trendy thing mm-hmm. and like yeah they have a lot of those in japan though, right? yeah those yeah types of cultures yeah definitely do they call themselves like cholos and cholas or is it is it just chicano culture well it's i don't know exactly but from my understanding cholo and chola is like a negative connotation yeah and chicano and chicana is like not the negative okay term to use yeah but what did people in japan use that's a good question i have no idea <laughs> that's, that's that's something i have to look up okay mm. but and and not to go off on too much of a tangent but um that whole thing with like japan like it's the same thing with Jap- similar with japan with like how the philippines is with america like when they see something that's like huge like in america that's like a subculture or something they, they'll like latch onto it because oh. like braun was getting at earlier like there's other subcultures in Japan that take it to the next level that they usually get from like other countries, Western mm-hmm. countries usually. But yeah, because I know in the Philippines, like with the game shows and stuff, like mm. everything they do is based off of like American pop culture. Yeah. It's really weird. But, um, but yeah, I mean, Cambodian gangs, man, scary stuff. <laughs> yeah speaking of that like um you guys didn't have like that term abg in norcal right you were saying i heard it in high school i th- I feel like i've seen people use it as a screen name yeah <laughs> oh for sure yeah oh, really yeah, yeah. absolutely you know, on aim like xx asian yeah but that that definitely refers to like the more fashion aesthetic versus like the actual yeah. like gang related thing right. i think yeah so it, it was just like a cutesy thing to say yeah it, it so like i've heard it thrown around not a lot but like here and there in high school and then up until when i got into like college in general i i just noticed more people like using that as to to identify themselves as like on social media like when they post pictures like oh Teehee totally bringing out my inner uh, Asian baby girl or ABG like and I'm like what just because you're drinking boba like <laughs> so yeah I, I don't know um it wasn't like that widespread but I definitely heard it a few times yeah boba yeah I didn't even know what boba was until I was in college oh my god what god, no, see, this this is this is like how that's just how I was raised because I, I grew up in like a very Caucasian area so oh yeah like I may not be the you know like my experiences as like a socal asian like are probably drastically different from someone who's raised in like a san gabriel valley Mm. oh yeah so like i didn't know abg i didn't know what boba was (laughs) (laughs) yeah but did you did your family like 
um, like keep a lot of the traditions. Like, like I, I'm guessing like you guys grew up pretty, like stuck to your culture and did a lot of the same traditions, right? Uh, you know, we, we did, but um, as a kid, I didn't pay too much attention to it. Like looking back, like I wish I had. Um, and also my parents didn't really speak their native tongue to me. Oh, um, okay. They were kind of just like, we came to America. Um, we're going to learn America. <laughs> you go, <laughs> you go learn America. <laughs> exactly. exactly. Um, that is interesting. Okay. They wanted me to just As- not assimilate. Ex- yeah. They didn't want me to experience what they experienced growing up. Um, so they wanted me to just speak English and I spoke English at home, um, English at school and English to my friends. Like the only time I ever really spoke their native tongue was like to my grandma and grandpa. I see. So they make fun of me. They're like, like, oh, you talk like a baby. You talk what? like a little kid. What? Like they can understand me. I can like yeah. I can make out what like everyone's saying, but yeah. Unfortunately, I just can't speak. Um, you should learn how to say "blame your son" for that. No, I'm just kidding. To, to your grandparents. I can't even say that. <laughs> dude. I know, right? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I probably speak Spanish much better than. Wow. I do. What? Yeah, I Spanish for three years. Oh damn. So, um, yeah, that's a SoCal thing. I don't know if that's a NorCal thing. Like, you speak, you either learn Spanish or French. Oh no, that's us too. Yeah. Okay. We learned French. Yeah, yeah. I, I chose French stupidly, I, but I, yeah, I don't know. Probably too français, man. I should have I should have <laughs> chose Spanish to be honest, because it yeah. makes more sense uh, practicality wise. It does, but I don't regret. I wasn't <laughs> thinking about it back it's okay, then. Okay, man. I'll order those tacos. <laughs> Thanks, man. <laughs> it, it's it's so funny. Well, and also when you think about it, Ron, it makes sense. Um, well, you probably weren't thinking about it at the time, but being in SoCal also because there's a large like Latino and Hispanic community mm-hmm. there too right um uh, yeah and it's very influent uh the a lot of at least food wise a lot of the food is also there's a lot of you know mexican and other latino um ethnicities with f- hella f- different food mm-hmm. and mm-hmm. um I, I don't know if it's i think it's the second most spoken language in america currently is spanish i might be wrong but even just i can see that. yeah i wouldn't be surprised yeah it would make sense and also i just for me personally because um, sort of similar to you, Ron, um, when I grew up, except mm-hmm. for my mom was also born in America. Um, but her parents were mm-hmm. from the Philippines. And when she, when she was born here, they didn't, they talked to her in English also. Like they, she, she can understand Tagalog, but she can't speak it. Mm-hmm. And it's because her parents never directly like gave her lessons or like kind of like made her do it. Um, right, so right. because of that, then I never really learned Tagalog and I had never learned any other language. So now like as an adult, I'm like, damn, I wish I learned something. Like, even if it was Spanish, cause like, I don't know. It's just, it just feels like I'd be better off <laughs> if I at least knew a second language, Yeah, you know? Yeah, cause, cause your household, you, you said you grew up more American as well, right? Yeah. Um, yeah. So like I said, my mom, um, it's 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 a little complicated, not really complicated, but it's definitely just all like all over the place. But um, she, a lot of the time, like when my biolog- biological dad, he wasn't like they were like on and off, right? So, and we also moved a lot, so my household was never like permanent for a lot of the time I was young. But like, 
it's not something I thought of back then. And even looking back on it, it's like we didn't really have time for like she was always struggling to like pay for things. You know what I mean? So like mm-hmm. there wasn't like any like culture, quote unquote, that we kind of experienced growing up. Um, and it wasn't until like middle school or high school that I realized like even though like my mom never really raised me in a traditionally like Filipino household, there's definitely a difference because then after she met my stepdad, then we lived with them. And then I realized like, Oh, like things are different because you know, like they were white and we weren't. And a lot of my friends and family were Filipino and Chinese. Right. So Mm -hmm. in that respect, it was weird. And on top of the fact that I'm racially ambiguous to a lot of people. So like, just by looking at me, most people assume I'm either white or Mexican so like (laughs) yeah yeah so it's like when i tell people i'm filipino a lot of the time especially back then no one believed me which was weird i was surprised (laughs) i remember english class because you were behind me right you sat behind me yeah yeah i remember and then like someone was like oh you're filipino and i turned around and i'm like what (laughs) what (laughs) you are (laughs) it was a big deal to a lot of people when they found out in middle school and high school it's so funny because because like i think i've always known that you were filipino Right. And like, I just never questioned it. <laughs> like, regardless of how you look, I was like, oh, yeah, he's Filipino, whatever. <laughs> so is he, so is he, so is he. <laughs> right. Yeah. Yeah. It, it, yeah. It's one of those things that most people, like, when it, when it got to, when I got to middle school is when it started being a, a weird thing for people because, um, I, I don't know what it was, but middle school kids are just fucking mean, right? They're just for no right. reason. For, for some yeah. reason, like, once you hit middle school, it's like yeah. everyone starts being an asshole. Yeah, right? <laughs> they call you the Asian. The Asian. <laughs> exactly. Yeah, the Asian. The Asian. And, and for me, it was like, it was weird. It was like people bullied me for not thinking because they thought I wasn't Asian, even though I said I was. And it was like this thing where people would just constantly make fun of me and be like, oh, you're not Asian. Like, why do you want to be Asian? It's like, what do you, why would I make this what? up? I'm First of all, we're like 12, right? Like yeah. 12, 13. Why would I lie and make up stuff about being a certain ethnicity? Even back then, I thought of that. I was like, this is stupid. But I got bullied for it, like, for the littlest things. It'd be like, oh, I'm Filipino. And they'd be like, oh, stop, like, as if, like, it was, like, a a thing, right, like, to, like, pose for. But, like, oh, you're just a poser. And it's like, what? Like, (laughs) I'm I'm a poser for being Asian. Did this come from, like, like all types of kids? Or was it, like, um... Caucasian? No, everybody. Yeah, other Asians. Other Filipinos especially were the worst. Really? Yeah, dude. Drop some names right now. I can't, dude. I can't remember (laughs) off the top of my head. I know faces, though, if I saw them. Um, But but for me, yeah, it was just like, for some reason, people wouldn't take me seriously, and then they would just like, like, people would follow me and just keep calling me names, because back then, I was also really, like, quiet and timid, so I never really talked back to people. And so, like, people would just, I guess people would notice that, and people would just follow me around and be like, oh, look at this white boy, like, he wants to be Asian, or, like, look at him, like, and because I was small, too, like, oh, like, why is he so short, blah, 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 like, all this do- weird stuff that kids just make up stuff to, like, yeah. make fun of, right? Um, And then a lot of the time, people are like, oh, yeah, you're not Filipino, and be like, okay, yeah, so let me just go, at- let me go tell my, my Filipino grandma that, and then get back to you, like, she literally speaks the language, what else do you want, like... <laughs> yeah it was weird Jerks. but um i forgot what i was telling that story for <laughs> ron asked something and then i was telling <laughs> that story for a reason um speaking language was that oh yeah yeah, yeah. culturally like andy was asking me like oh like um how are you raised culturally oh. 
Yeah. 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 So, so for me, it was the same thing. I never learned the language is because my mom and I don't think my mom really thought of this, but it's just like she didn't learn the language. So she had no real way of teaching me unless it was through my grandparents, which um, after we I used to live with them, my grandparents and my mom. But after we moved away, then I barely saw them. So like there was no way for me to learn the language any other way. So that's how it was for me. Yeah. Isn't it kind of scary how like, um, Andy, do you speak Chinese pretty well? Or like how, like on a scale of one to 10, how like proficient is your Chinese? <laughs> <laughs> uh, I, I can, I can like hold a basic conversation in Cantonese. Uh-huh. I can't read or write and I can't like, 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 you know those like uh, Asian TV news stations? Yeah. They speak some big ass Cantonese words. I <laughs> understand like half of it. Damn. Like like that. I that's see. where my levels at. So I would. Yeah, I, I would say like a five, like dead in the middle. You know. Damn. Like the sad, the sad part about hearing this is like you know, um, like, sadly, our culture. You know your, the culture, your family. The generation before you mm-hmm. came about like might kind of disappear with your kids generation yeah right? like <laughs> pretty much like it makes yeah. me sad like a kid won't speak uh my parents native tongue i don't cook laotian food <laughs> mm. um like if anything i like to cook texas barbecue <laughs> oh. all right Yum. america hell yeah <laughs> I actually won a uh, barbecue contest, so like I, I smoked the brisket for like fourteen hours. But that's a side point. Um, oh, I think yeah, we you talked know, like, about this when we first met you. Yeah. Oh yeah, yeah. Like that's yeah. still things. Yeah. Like, barbecue. I love barbecue. Like American I barbecue. Try your barbecue. One day. But now he hears this. He's he's gonna be like, oh my god. <laughs> <laughs> uh, that sounded pretty accurate, impression wise. <laughs> but uh, yeah, like. The food I cook, the language I speak, um, the things I do. Like, I don't think I have a traditional Laotian um, suit. I don't think I have ever worn one, um, like, religiously as well. Um, Southeastern Asians are Buddhist. Mm. Um, I don't carry that with me as well. Uh, my parents are religious, but not me. So, like, just looking back, like, I'm wondering, like, maybe a generation after me or two generations after me, what is that going to look like for Californian Asians or just Asians in America in general, right? Yeah. Uh, like, are we going to be as ambiguous as the European settlers that came, you know, in the 1700s? Um, I'm not, like, knocking on, like, Caucasian people or anything like that, you know, but... um. Majority hmm. of the time, like, uh, <laughs> you ask them, like, oh, what's your ethnic background? They'll say, I'm white. Mm-hmm. Right. But is it like, French or Italian, German? It's probably a mixture of things at this point. Irish, right? Mm-hmm. And maybe, like, a generation or two down the line will just be, like, I'm Asian. <laughs> yeah. Um, I'm hoping, I mean, at least with our children, our future children, if there are any, um, that we could pass down some Filipino cultural things. I mean, I don't speak Tagalog 
very well. I used to when I was younger. Because um, when I was younger, I spent a few months in the Philippines with my grandparents. And when I came back, for some reason, I spoke Tagalog very fluently. For some just reason. Just after a few months. Um, but after that, like, I stopped speaking it because I was ashamed of it. Because, you know, everyone around me was speaking English. Yeah. So, like, I lost it. Um, I still understand. So hopefully, I don't know, maybe when my kids come, like, my parents could probably still speak to them in Tagalog just so they can, like, retain it. But, yeah. But, I mean, I could cook some filipino foods so hopefully we could kind of continue it right babe yeah <laughs> yeah i mean <laughs> that's the idea right You're, you raise your kids to be better than you so yeah. they're also probably gonna know spanish eventually <laughs> oh yeah i mean they're kind of similar well tagalog and I guess spanish so. they could kind of overlap kind of mm. but just like random words and phrases though if you think about it it's not yeah. as much as people think it is because people be like, oh, Spanish is... You say basura, like it's, trabajo. Yeah, it's like little words that are not... That are, yeah, that are really inconsequential. Like, they're not like actual, like, entire, like, grammatical structures that are the same. Because everything else is yeah. way different. But Yeah, I think it's yeah. just a few words then, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's because, especially with the dishes and, like, like, like you're just mm. saying, like, uh, different words for, like, garbage or bathroom or whatever is because they were borrowed or like not even borrowed i want to say it's like forced because obviously they colonized the philippines right but but, um but yeah yeah. hopefully our kids don't get ashamed of their culture like i was back then that was stupid (laughs) i mean you you didn't know but also and this is not to slight to your parents or anyone's parents that that came from anywhere else but like they're not as aware of the social or like the cultural climate of the place that they go to right away. And even then, after they live there, it's not like, you know, they want you to be successful, right? So the first thing that they think of is like, oh, well, if you need to speak English to be successful, so I need to make my kids speak English, right? So like, Mm -hmm. for us, because we're aware of it, that's already the first step. And then after that, it's like just making sure our kids are aware as they get older. And it's not like we, we don't have to like drill it into their heads, but like, you know, just make sure they're aware, like, hey, like, it's kind of important that you learn about this and then kind of keep it alive, mm-hmm. you know? Yeah. Yeah, I wish, like, I'm hoping, like, that I can at least attain that Um, my family, so. Yeah. You got to keep those stories alive, Ron. Yeah, <laughs> yeah I sh- definitely should. My dad. Yeah, use, yeah, use it to scare your kid. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> <laughs> hey, maybe they'll listen to this podcast later down the years if there's still no, there podcasts around. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I don't have have you guys gone through like I don't know, MJ you were talking about it, but like have you gone personally gone through like a cycle of shame in your own heritage into and then into like a realization of like, okay, this is stupid. Um I mean I never like because I don't know if I ever realized that I was ashamed of it back then. I don't think I realized it till like recently, I think. But um I don't know. I mean, I guess I didn't really realize how important my culture was to me until I moved away from the Bay Area. Mm. Um cuz when I went to college, I went to a school 
Like this is while JJ was first in the Marine Corps. So we were like, you know, separated. So and I was going to school while he was doing his training. Um, but the school I went to was mostly like white and Hispanic and Mexican people. Um, and I didn't, I guess, realize how proud I was. Well, not proud. Well, I guess. What I call myself? Yeah. <laughs> See, you guys can hear this internal. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but um, yeah, like I didn't, I guess, realize how important my culture was to me until I was around other cultures. Um, but yeah, it was, man, going to that school was kind of weird. Like, I mean, I liked my time there, but it was just. What was a moment that you can remember that like really you were like, this is so weird. I'm so happy that I'm Filipino. <laughs> <laughs> if there even is any moments. Well, I mean, it's like not a like a moment where I was like, oh, I'm so proud to be Filipino. But like there was a time. So I so most of my friends there were like Hispanic or Mexican. And there was one girl that um, I was friends with. And she was telling me she was just like, I, th- I told you this yesterday. I think, oh, yeah. Um, how she was just like. Dude, like, I used to be so intimidated by Asians. Oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah, and I'm just like, huh? What? And she's like, yeah, but then when I met you, I realized how chill they were. And I'm like, what the fuck? <laughs> You're the ambassador for all Asians everywhere. Yeah, I'm like, you know, I'm just like one type of Asian, yeah. right? <laughs> yeah, like, not, not all Asians all... are cutthroat. <laughs> like, you're a person, too. Like, there's nuance and variation yeah. it was weird though <laughs> personalities like, like everyone was cool there but just the fact that i was one of the only asians it was it was at that time where i realized like wow people are very uninformed like what you said ron like people weren't around asians so they didn't really think much about it i guess or mm-hmm. they don't know anything like we're we're the same as everyone else we just have a culture but we're basically all human it's just weird mm-hmm. but yeah there was also Oh, God. So, babe, remember that time I told you that there was, like, this anonymous... So, you know how for some schools, there's these things where you could post things about people at your school, and it's, like, like something anonymous or whatever? Mm -hmm. Right. So, there was a Facebook page for my school, and someone someone was saying something about, like, oh, that urban Asian chick. And everyone, like, all my friends knew it was about me, but I was just like, What? why why it was just weird like there were like three posts that said stuff like that and it was just really weird because first like urban the context do you remember what the post was i told you like back then i sent you a screenshot i think babe yeah i don't remember off the top of my head all i know is that they're being weird about it and they were basically like oh who is that urban asian chick that hangs out near the lsg tables because lsg is the sorority that my friends were in so i was always there so it was mm. obvious it was about me because mm. i was the only asian girl there yeah because lsg was mostly mexican and hispanic girls so yeah but still it was just really a weird experience and i only went there for a year so it was it was an experience yeah see the thing is like when you're an adult and you're in college i feel like there's really no excuse for you to say some weird shit like that because the whole like because basically they were fetishizing you is what it was Mm. so there's just like this bit it was like like when you're a kid it's a little different and even then i still kind of have my own like doubts about giving kids kids. you know they haven't seen it 
Yes, but you but... would think when you go to college, you'd be a little more informed. Yeah, well, that's my thing. I, well, not so much. I don't know. I won't get into the whole kid thing, not knowing, but especially adults. It's like, bro, what? it's like, what, what year was that? Like 20... It was 2013, 14. Yeah, like 2013, 14. Like, there is no excuse for people to be that, like, weird about it. You know what I mean? Yeah. Even if you didn't, like, oh, I, I, will not, I wasn't really around Asian people, but, like, even just making the assumption that, like, like the, <laughs> I mean... Obviously, you were her friend, but like the whole thing about like, oh, Asians are so intimidating. Like, wh- what Asians? What do you? Where did you see this? Like, where did you hear this? Yeah, you she know? was like, oh, because they're so serious all the time, and oh. like, you know, yeah. And like, there goes that stereotype. Sleep movies or something. And then I'm like, yeah. should I be offended? Am I right? not good with school? Like, do I look did lazy? You say Bruce Lee movies. <laughs> yeah. Like- <laughs> <laughs> like is it intimidating to like meet someone because he's always so every, serious every asian knows martial arts you know right <laughs> man <laughs> see see people that's the thing though too is like people don't think that and i, I don't know i think we talked about this off off uh recording off but off mic but um how even like so-called positive stereotypes are not so positive you know because it also sets like unrealistic expectations and then when that specific group that you're placing that stereotype on doesn't meet that expectations then those people yeah they make fun of it and they make the claim like oh sometimes they won't outright say it but this is what they imply to and sometimes they will outright say it but they'll be like oh you're not a real asian like what does that right right for coming from a non-asian especially like what are you talking about like you don't know shit like you're not a real asian what is a real asian it's weird but i've definitely seen and heard that too just in like in general and even now it's like people still um, especially with the whole COVID thing like all these negative stereotypes coming back about like Asian people or even specifically Chinese people Um, but and then on top of that though is like any Asian person that was spotted by someone else is like they assume they're Chinese and then they blame like the COVID pandemic on them especially in the beginning when it first happened like Mm -hmm. you know all those like hate crimes and all those crazy stuff happening to like Asian people yeah, and plus the president kept calling it the Kung Flu. Kung Flu, virus, the Chinese virus, the China, the China virus. China virus. Kung yeah. flu. I've heard Chinese virus, but not Kung, Kung Flu. flu yeah. You've never heard Kung Flu? Oh, my God. No. It's so dumb. It's one of those things where even some Asian people were like, you know what? That's kind of funny, but also still racist. Like, <laughs> like what the fuck? When it first started, were you guys worried to, like, cough in public? Oh, for sure. Yeah. Oh, yeah. I was holding my coughs in so hard. Yeah, especially since... <laughs> we're all asian so they're gonna be like oh my god right. they have covid it's like oh my god yeah <laughs> yeah, yeah. That, that whole thing was so bizarre not to go off on a tangent but it's just one of those things where um if you play on people's fear enough and then if you keep saying something that people you know will just latch onto it and then they'll just keep running with it with the whole like yeah you know china virus thing And then people's defense of that was like, oh, well, where did it originate? And it's like, that's not even, first of all, do you know the Spanish flu didn't originate in Spain, but we still call it the Spanish flu? Like, Where did it originate from? Somewhere in America. I don't even remember where, but I know it's not in Spain. Oh, really? We still call it, yeah, we still call it the Spanish flu, which is like stupid. See See if you keep calling it a name and then people are going to think that's where it's from. Right. And then it's just going to cause all these weird negative connotations and stereotypes. Yeah, I mean, that whole like the whole thing for like the stand thing, it's just it's funny cuz I would have never expected grown-ass men and women to act like that, but yeah. 
Oh yeah, I went to Stan. That's why he said Stan thing. Stan. Oh, yeah. C- was it CSU Stan? Stan? Stanislaus? Yeah. Whatever. Yeah. 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 I mean, That's it was. A, I had a great time there. It's just that Where part that? was in Turlock, Central Valley. Where is that? It's like, <laughs> <laughs> it's like near Modesto. Yeah. Oh, okay. Gotcha. Inland. Yeah. <laughs> More. What? Considered mid cal. Mid cal. Mid cal. No. We don't, we don't speak about mid cal. <laughs> we call it central Central California, but it's oh, not yeah, even yeah. it's it's not even Central California technically. It's like Central Valley. It's like yeah, something like that. Um, yeah. but yeah, it's more in like farmland area basically because it all also always spelled like manure there. Yeah, it does. Yeah. Well, at least when I first got there, I I guess I got used to it. But <laughs> yeah, that smell. Yeah. It's like Tracy. Remember oh, when you moved yeah. to Tracy? Yeah. I Nope. What? What's that? <laughs> nope. I don't know what that is. Blocked out of your memory. It's not a real place to me. Yeah. Talk about your experience, you know, moving there. Because, you know, you moved away from Daily City, which is... Oh. Yeah. You know, it's it was also kind of similar to Ron's experience, and I think about it um, yeah. in terms of like, well, kind of like in a reverse almost, or sort of. But like, yeah. So like I used to go to Westmore, right? And that's just like, you know where we all went and that's where hella Filipinos went and Chinese people too. Right. So that's what I was surrounded by. Um, and then like in the middle of my sophomore year, I moved to Tracy, which was like basically similar to what she was saying, like central Valley, like farmland, really hot, really boring in the middle of nowhere. Um, and when I moved there, um, it was, and it was kind of like you, when you were saying like, uh, this was in high school, but like when you were saying like, oh, um, you think it's the end of the world because <laughs> you're leaving all your friends and everyone, everything you knew. And that's how it was for me. I was really mad about it. Like I did not. Yeah. I did not want to talk to my parents. And I was like, why would they do this to me? And like and my I had sisters, too. So it was the same thing. Like my sisters were all really mad about it, too. Um, and I was the oldest at the time. And even then I was like, this is stupid. Like, I don't want to go. I don't want to move. Like, I don't want to miss. I don't want to leave my friends and my my, um, you know, just like what I know. Um, and then when I moved there, there was a lot of, um, it was mostly white and Hispanic with also a decent size, uh, demographic of like, um, I want to say Indian people. And I'm not sure where, cause a lot of people, cause like Tracy is one of those cities where like people move to from a, another place because it's like affordable with like relatively big houses basically. So it's not like, at least at the time, um, it wasn't one of those places where like a lot of people lived, like grew up and lived. It was more so you moved there because it was nice. Yeah. Um, and that's why my parents moved there. But it was definitely, um, I don't want to say culture shock, but it was definitely different because it was it was weird. A lot of like white kids would like drive into the parking lot with their cars that they had. Even at the time, I was like, how the hell do they have these cars? Like, did mommy and daddy pay for these? Right? And then... They were like blasting rap music. Like I'm talking about I'm not even exaggerating like multiple cars of full of white kids who I know would say the N-word on the daily blasted like Andre Nicotina, Mac Dre, and all these other like Bay Area artists that like Bay Area art like Bay Area people like find beloved. And I knew most of them definitely weren't from the Bay Area. Like based on either what i heard them talking about because people would ask like people would talk about it and people would ask people like oh where are you from and most of the people that i heard would be like from some other like inland random city that's not 
Oakland, San Francisco, San Jose, um, and some of the yeah some of them were from Stockton and Modesto, which is a little different, but uh, some of them would come from like Sacramento for some reason, like way over there, like Elk Grove even. And people just be like, oh yeah, like I love Andre Nicotina, I love Mac Dre, and then they would just like blast it and like sing along, say the N word a lot, and like it was so weird because like it was almost like a competition. And like when I got there, I was like, this is so different from where we used to live because no one like made it part no one made it their whole personality you know what i mean like yeah listening from being from yeah being from the bay area because we were there we lived it like (laughs) you know so yeah and they just like tried really hard like oh yeah like i go to oakland or i go to san francisco every weekend blah 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 and it was like no you don't or if you do (laughs) that doesn't make you an oakland native or yeah or like cool you know what i mean like that's interesting it is so weird um and i even then i was like me being like i was relatively quiet so i didn't talk to a lot of people but um i definitely didn't have a good time being there because i felt like i couldn't relate to anyone and then once i moved back it was just like back to daily city it was like i was happy again basically it's like a a relief (laughs) yeah when did you move back it was like the middle of my senior year of high school So it was like middle of high school, sophomore year, I moved to Tracy, and then senior year, middle of senior year, I moved back. What was the original reason why you guys moved to Tracy? Um, Because they saw affordable houses that were relatively huge, and they wanted to just like, I guess, move to a better neighborhood. Oh, okay. Gotcha. I also think it has to do with the fact that I, we already had family there and my parents or my mom specifically like knew that they like, cause like they lived there for a while and they knew that like their houses were like nice and like relatively affordable. And then like, um, when she saw the opportunity to like get a house there, she took it. I see. Or they took it, I should say. Um, but then, yeah, the whole foreclosure thing and we had two different houses there too. And it just, that foreclosure thing like happened to both houses and then we're like, Oh crap. Well, they can't keep doing this yeah they can't keep doing this so they moved back yeah and that was a time where like a lot of foreclosures were happening right it was a financial crisis yeah like like everywhere yeah it wasn't just tracy it was everywhere but just for some reason tracy was hit pretty hard in general um Mm -hmm. but i mean what what about you andy have you ever thought about like i I guess this kind of goes back to what we were talking about way earlier but in terms of your identity and like look at like when you went to college you went to you were in san jose right yeah yeah so like i don't know what it's like in san jose was there a lot of asian people there yeah there was a lot of um i guess you would say like the the people that already lived in san jose a lot of people would go to that school because it was kind of known as like a commuter school but also a university at the same time yeah yeah so there was a lot of primarily vietnamese people like huge vietnamese population in san jose that's true that's right yeah oh damn i didn't even know that yeah did you have any experiences throughout your life pertaining to your asian identity at all i mean i didn't really think about it Mm -hmm. um and i I can't say for sure like when exactly like these moments would you know like hit me but like you know i I did kind of going back to like the idea of shame you know I, i did kind of feel like you know oh i wanted like I guess, like, do more white things, whatever that yeah. means, you know? Yeah. Because, like, I hung out with um, my... Like, you guys know my sister, Wanny. Um, mm-hmm. Yeah. I don't know if Ron met her. I don't know if you have. 
No, I don't think I met her. Okay. She she, she went to uh, Cal Poly, which is like, you know, the middle of like San Francisco and LA. And I hung out with her a couple times down there. And I, you know, I just got, got, this was like during high school for us, but I just got a glimpse of like, you know, what she, what she was going through and how her experience was like, oh, like a lot of people there are white. So like, you know, she got exposed to like a lot of like outdoor type stuff, right? Mm-hmm. So I was, I was hanging out with her. And then, you know, I just got a glimpse of that. And then, like, I, I don't know, for some reason, over time, I just got, you know, this idea that, like, I, w- I just want to do more things that she was doing. So, therefore, like, as a result, that got me to kind of, like, look at, I guess, my experience as an Asian American and how, like, I guess at the time, like, you don't realize it's shame, mm-hmm. but it's like you just didn't like it, you know, some, something like yeah. that. Yeah. Yeah. Like, do, do you guys kind of relate to that in any way? Like, cause like at the time I didn't, I didn't feel like I hate my culture or like, I feel like, like the emotion of shame. Right. But it was just like a, a preference to wanting to like meet more white people or like do more mm-hmm. of what they do kind of thing, you know? Yeah. Mm. Yeah. Have you guys gone through anything like that? Yeah, actually. Um, there was like this phase in high school where all of my Caucasian friends were like into basketball, primarily mm-hmm. not that not the NBA, but like and one. <laughs> what? <laughs> and uh, street it was ball? like street street ball, right? Yeah. And, um, hot sauce. Hot sauce, <laughs> like half man, half amazing. The, the professor. <laughs> professor, yeah. Yeah. And um, we would like just wanna, quote unquote, break ankles all the time. Like that's all that mattered. <laughs> breaking ankles like we don't care if you can and dunking if you can dunk yeah um but like you know like the fundamentals of basketball like was like out the door <laughs> it was all about embarrassing your opponent basically it was, yeah it was all embarrassing <laughs> your opponent like yeah. that's all it was like getting um the crowd to go like ah yeah. <laughs> yeah and um yeah like i didn't like i'm not a big basketball fan mm-hmm. um like i watch it every now and then um but I can't say like it like calls out to me like other stuff to that like that I do. Yeah. But it was just like, oh, all my like white friends and you know, they're just always watching and one mixtapes, like I'm gonna do that. Mm-hmm. And uh I guess you kinda do it to fit in. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Uh, like I'm not saying like like all the white kids were watching and one basketball mixtapes, you know. <laughs> That's like not like what I'm saying, but um because like I didn't have anything to relate to, like I wanted to be like them, yeah. and like I started like listening to music that I don't like to this day. What's that? Like that Zeppelin. Oh. <laughs> oh, okay, okay. See, so hold on, wait. I don't mean to interrupt you, but when you were talking about this whole and one thing, I was like, that's not necessarily a white person thing. Right, right. It's not. <laughs> right. But when you said Led Zeppelin, I'm like, oh, okay, yeah. <laughs> Um, that makes more sense like yeah like smashing pumpkins um is that a is that a band yes yeah it's oh. see like yeah <laughs> yes i think like their music like like isn't good right it's just not your taste it's like back like thinking like to this day like i didn't really like that music i just like listened to it because hmm. i wanted to fit in interesting right yeah yeah i guess you can call it as doing more things that don't fit within inside like what you want to do or like aligns with your culture that's crazy 
I think for me, I'm like I was kind of getting at earlier. I'm a little, I don't say fortunate because it sounds like it's really bad, but it, it can be for some people. Um, but I didn't experience that because like I said, I, I grew up um, and any, cause people like, like I said, people bullied me for me claiming that I was Asian, right? Basically like claiming yeah. I was Filipino specifically. Um, but also on the flip side, I never grew up in a traditional Filipino home. Um, and my mom, um, while she did, like I said, she didn't, she didn't learn the language and it was never passed down. Um, so I never was like, <laughs> this sounds stupid, but I never had the opportunity to be, to be ashamed of it. If that makes sense. Mm-hmm. Um, and that's not like something like I want, obviously no one wants that, but it's, it just didn't happen to me. Um, yeah. Until later on though. I mean, even, especially now, like I'm more for me, um, because I like to do my research on a lot of things, especially related to like, uh, when it comes to like social justice or like important issues. Right. Um, mm-hmm. so I learned a lot about like Filipino history and Filipino culture and, uh, like, indigenous filipino people um and what they go through and like the erasure of filipino uh history in in the philippines too not just like in america or by filipino americans yeah um and now i know more about my filipino heritage than i ever did before right and that's just me doing my own research um and and now that i'm more aware of like different like social racial issues especially when it comes to like filipino Americans and Filipino like re- representation. Um, ideally, one of the things I want to do in in the future is like with whatever I do profession wise, like I can help, mm-hmm. um, like improve Filipino representation and like the different issues that like the community experiences, basically. And that's that's just yeah. one of the things that I want to do. But but yeah, I, I've never to go back to that original question. Yeah, that's never happened to me really. So yeah, that's cool. I'd say, like, for me, in terms of kind of, uh, you know, for you, it was doing your research and being more informed and knowledgeable about that heritage, right? For for me, it was far less, not far less, far more trivial in terms of, like, when I realized, like, I'm, you know, of when I realized that I had some sort of, like, pride in or thankfulness that, oh, man, thank God I'm, like, have some culture in me, you know, <laughs> it, it, it usually re- revolved around food. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> like, it's like, like, God damn, like this shit's hella good, you know, like, thank right. God. Right. Like, I, I know that I have something to, you know, cook instead of just like, you know, steak and potatoes all, all right. the time. Although I love American food. I like, do like too. Ron, yeah, yeah. Like Ron, like barbecue. Like I, I love that shit, you know, mm-hmm. but I don't know, man. Asian cuisine is just Dude, something else. It's on some other level, man. Yeah, you can't live without it. Yeah. You know, like since we're talking about cuisine, yeah, and like my historic lack of understanding or knowing Asian culture, mm-hmm. <laughs> um, I never even really had dim sum until you took me after a track day. Damn. Yeah, like. Damn. Wow. <laughs> yeah. I mean, yeah, I, I never, I never had dim sum either until I ate with you. I don't know. If it wasn't you only Andy, but it was like a whole bunch of people. And I forgot. Probably our group of friends, right? Yeah. It was a whole yes. bunch of people. It was like yeah. one of the very first times I had dim sum. And I was like, I didn't even, yeah. well, I knew it was a thing, but I was like, I didn't even know yeah. what this was about. Like, <laughs> Interesting. I never had Korean food until you guys. Yeah. Wait, really? Yeah. <laughs> Dude. I've never had Korean food. Dude, these things like just flower my head. Like I never think that 
these are like your firsts but it's like to me it's just so like normal mm-hmm. it's so interesting yeah it, it, it was the same with us with me and mj and uh like pho when yeah we didn't eat pho until harry, harry and his mom and his mom took us out to fun 99 at ranch 99 <laughs> yeah speaking yeah. of wow. ranch 99 99 ranch oh yeah oh, oh oh actually ron you know that do you know that supermarket i think you guys took me there before to get dim sum <laughs> in daily city right oh re- well well the dim sum place was next to that next to it right, yeah. right. it's next okay. to it yeah okay I know Bef- before that did you ever hear of that supermarket before no oh, oh never okay, okay. Oh, damn because there's this thing where <laughs> in norcal asians call it ranch 99 in socal it's called 99 ranch oh okay i know okay <laughs> 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 Do you know what 99 Ranch is? What are you talking about? It's 99 Ranch, not Ranch. Yeah. No. <laughs> Dude. That is just false. <laughs> That's... Hey, no. It's not false because my uncle works there. He calls well, it 99 Ranch. Well, he's so. wrong too. <laughs> no, but yeah, we, he's been no, lied we did to his look whole it up. Life. We did look it up. It is, I guess, 99 Ranch or is whatever. It though? But yeah, the way the way it rolls off your tongue is so like ninety nine. Right? Yeah, exactly. <laughs> yeah, that's why yeah. it's like what ninety nine. No one talks like that. You would say the number. <laughs> yeah. After then, the word. Yeah, but we did look it up. It's because of the placement of the logo. Right. Right. At the like NorCal stores versus the SoCal ones, because it's like the ninety nine is in the middle of Ranch Market. It just looks so much better. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> And then in SoCal, it just says, yeah, 99 Ranch Market. Yeah, it's so weird. And I didn't really realize that until I saw a tweet saying that. But I was like, what? Yeah, I'm looking at the logo right now, the one in Daily City. It's So it's Ranch Market. It's like big, right? Uh-huh. Yeah. With space in between, it just has a 99 in it with a little <laughs> yeah. leaf like design. Yeah, but so, it yeah. looks dope. <laughs> it looks dope. <laughs> but it looks dope. And then you look at the 99 and then the ranch, and the, you're like, why the hell? Who who made it? Yeah. They have no visual. They have no taste. Ranch 99, dude. <laughs> that is so funny how I didn't like, like didn't really understand what you were talking about. <laughs> until, until we said 99 ranch. <laughs> wow. It just clicks. It just like, wow. That's, that's just hilarious. That's just a representative of the issue <laughs> in itself. Right. Yeah, but that's funny because they're owned by the same. Yeah, it's the same company. Yeah, the yeah. same corporation is in charge it's just of both. That the placement of the ninety nine is different for some reason. It makes me wonder, like, do they have? Did they have meetings and they were like, <laughs> you know what, our Northern California locations, their logos are different, <laughs> so maybe we should call it Ranch ninety nine. And then they're like, well, what about the SoCal? It's ninety nine <laughs> Ranch. Now nah, we'll just keep it. We'll just keep it's it. Too late. Too late. What does it say on Google Maps? It says 99 Ranch. It says 99 right? Ranch, yeah. 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 So dumb. I guess. <laughs> <laughs> I guess so. Google's wrong. Google's wrong. <laughs> All-seeing eye does not see everything. <laughs> Since we're talking about food, um, what do you guys think has like better Chinese food, NorCal or SoCal? Ooh, that's a great question. I I don't know. Don't know either. Wait, specifically just Chinese food? Uh, like encompassing all types of Chinese food? Like not saying like, oh, like different yeah. like 
provinces. So just Chinese food, not all Asian food? Yeah, just Chinese food. I don't know. Do you guys see me eat a lot of Chinese food? No. Mm, every once in a while, we, we're or, we'll order takeout, but like not recently we haven't been eating it that often. Yeah. Um, But yeah, I don't know about if you've had different experience. All I can say is I actually don't. Actually, that's false. I'll say I don't eat that much Chinese food up here, but like <laughs> I clearly do, like with dim sum and stuff. Um, but I will say, uh, Din Tai Fung. Do you guys know what that restaurant is? Yeah, it sounds yeah. familiar. Yeah, mm. that's like the popular um, like soup dumpling restaurant. Oh, I, I, I oh, think okay. we went there with you guys. Oh, okay, yeah, because <laughs> yeah, one of their so they originated from Taiwan and they kind of like spearheaded the whole popular soup dumpling trend. Mm-hmm. Oh. and their first location ever it was a while ago like when they opened up in uh, la actually so then that that's how like my, my family and i we used to go there a lot when we would go down to la so that's how we know about them and then years later they opened up in uh i believe it was santa clara up here near near mm. san jose but they actually just opened up in san diego like oh last year. oh nice Damn. yeah yeah and like all the new locations are like super fancy design and everything but the one in, yeah. in uh i think it was in arcadia in la it's just like it looks like a regular ass like chinese restaurant <laughs> but it's hella good but i mean to answer your question ron like i think in general i like la food more um but but i have i haven't tried that many other chinese places in la so i can't really say uh-huh. with a informed decision i see well for me i can just say easily norcal really <laughs> wow <laughs> Just because, um, like dim sum's like my like one of my favorite things to eat. Nice. Like it's, it's such like a rare occasion for me. Yeah. Um, it gets me excited just thinking about it. I want some now. <laughs> and it's like, a, it's almost like a like reminiscent to me, just because mm. like like that's like every time I visit NorCal or every time we have a track day. And that's what like, we do, right? Just that's yeah. what we do. Yeah. And um, I just remember like uh, having it for the first time. I was like. Like you guys were ordering everything, yeah. You know? Yeah. I was like, I don't know what this is. I don't know what this is. Like, I, I, I've seen pictures of it. Yeah. And mm-hmm. had it, and I was like, oh, how does this work? Like, the lady comes by, she stamps her thing. Um, I mean, it depends on the location, of course, right? Sometimes yeah. they bring the cart and stuff. Yeah. yeah. Um, but every time I've had dim sum in NorCal, I think one was at Ninety Nine Ranch. <laughs> and, uh-huh. and the Ninety Nine Ranch Plaza. Where? Uh huh. I'm not familiar with that place. I know. I don't know what the heck that is. It sounds like noises to me. <laughs> that one was bomb. Uh-huh. Um, you guys took me to another one in Millbrae. Yeah. That was amazing. And then Chan took me to this, I think, Michelin star. I mean, just because it's already good because it's a Michelin star, right? Yeah. But it's in. Um, is it in Chinatown? I forgot where it was. It's near Daly City, though. Oh. Um, and somehow he got us in. Somehow. And it was off the charts. And when I have it in San Diego, I'm kind of like, bleh. <laughs> like, that's it? No, like, that's it. Like, can't do this anymore. Like, I've had it once or twice since um, having it, like, with you guys in NorCal. And just ever since then, like, I just, it just doesn't taste the same. And um, it just doesn't compare. I wonder if it's because of the Cantonese population. That's, oh, I wanted to bring that up, too, because yeah. um, growing up in san diego socal um i always knew that there was like 
like there are many different dialects of Chinese, mm-hmm. right? Let's, let's yeah. like put it out there. Yeah. Uh, but I believe the primary ones are Cantonese and Mandarin. Mm-hmm. Um, and I grew up hearing Mandarin, like oh. uh, in elementary school. Yeah. And then my parents actually sent me to Chinese school, when I was in middle school, Whoa. Uh, to learn Chinese. But I didn't know that it was Mandarin. I see. Until uh, I got into high school and. Um, when I got into college, I met people who were from the Bay and they were speaking Cantonese. Yeah. I was like, that is so interesting. Like everybody <laughs> at UCSD who's from NorCal <laughs> primarily speaks Cantonese, yeah. but growing up in SoCal, um, but I mean like LA has like a big Cantonese population too. Right. But San Diego primarily, like I just like had friends who spoke Mandarin. It was always Mandarin, Mandarin. Huh. Um, so yeah, like that might be the case. Does that uh, does that mean your parents are like you said they're Chinese, so they they primarily speak my dad, Mandarin? Yeah. My dad. Your dad. Uh, you know, I've never actually heard him speak Chinese. It was always um, Laotian. Okay. Mm. Yeah, because um, when he went to the camps in Thailand, mm-hmm. um, they had to learn Thai, and Thai is like similar to Laotian. Oh, okay. Um, so yeah, he learned that language and then my mom. So that's like the native tongue, I would say. And I suck at it. (laughs) (laughs) I like to, I I should learn, learn it, like study it myself. Um, cause I, I want to pass these things on to my kids, but, Mm -hmm. um, they'll take time for me to really understand the culture again and uh, get back. I know mine's going to die with me. Really? I, 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 don't, I don't. I don't know if. I mean, maybe I, I don't know. Like if, if, like if or when I have kids, like would I force them to take? Oh yeah. Like Chinese school, yeah. and even though most most of those schools teach Mandarin, because because like Cantonese and the and Hong Kong people are like pretty much going to be a dying breed in like really? the next couple generations. Yeah. Oh wow. Because like I, I see it, I see it everywhere. Like when, we, when you look at. Yeah, when you look at let's say for example, um, media, right? And let's mm-hmm. take the shitty movie that just came out called Mulan, <laughs> the live action Mulan. Shitty movie. <laughs> <laughs> like, so, so so the original Mulan, her name was Fa Mulan, which means I believe flower, and mm-hmm. that's that was like clearly a, a thing that I could understand, right? Yeah. Um, but then. I don't know what they change it to in the live action one, but of course, you know, with like company money interest, you know, they change like the naming and all that stuff. And it, mm-hmm. it, it was something more Mandarin. I, f- I forgot what it's called, but I can look it up quickly, but, but yeah, they even changed her name to, into basically a Mandarin name. Wow. wow. Damn. What the... Does that have to do with the whole Hollywood bends over to China thing? Oh, for sure. Yeah. And like, you know how like the actress, like, you know, was against the, or no, she was for she was police for, yeah. in Hong Kong. Wow. Right. Okay. So, so, okay. So her name is Hua, which that clearly sounds more Mandarin. Oh, that is, uh, yeah. Yeah. yeah right. Her name is Hua Mulan instead of Fa Mulan. Wow. What the heck? Yeah. Damn. That's crazy. Yeah. I couldn't imagine. Um, like it, it just mean it just seems like there were so many different things that they, for some reason, and it just, it's just, about the movie but like for some reason they changed or like removed completely 
Right. And a lot of, even before and then obviously I'm not Chinese, right? So I don't I don't mm-hmm. know like his, the historical or the cultural context, but mm-hmm. even then I was like I'm pretty sure like people aren't going to like this. Like <laughs> from my limited <laughs> yeah. understanding already, I already figured like this is a lot of the decisions already sounds and even a lot of people were um expressing that same sentiment too just like on social media they were like I don't think this is going to be a good movie. And for yeah. some reason no one in charge of the making the movie listened to those people. Like <laughs> And it's right. just like, okay, why would you not want to ma- let it be uh, culturally? Well, not even just culturally, but like accurate to the original, and then and then also culturally accurate, where people are not going to like question th- things about it. Yeah would would you would you rather have a a director of that ethnicity directing that movie? Just like in, in general, in some yeah, in general, because in some cases, like. For example, Avatar, they like the creators are white, right? Mm-hmm. Um, right. Avatar the anime series, not Yeah, not yeah. James I was gonna Cameron. say yeah. Yeah. Um, but they do a really good job of like what would you say, you know doing their research research into into yeah, yeah, exactly, into like the themes and of um Eastern like culture and martial arts, right? Like there's there's a lot mm-hmm. of that in, in weaved into the story. So like yeah. what is what is your guys like general opinion of like having that like a more representative director for that movie because the the director for Mulan, I think she was like New Zealand, from New Zealand. Oh, what? Yeah, she was she was white. That's weird. I think. Okay, so for me in general, I would like it. It makes sense to me for the person doing the creating to be of the same background as the thing they're creating if it's based on a specific. Um, ethnicity or like a specific cultural Id- cultural identity mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. but and I thought I like that you brought up Avatar because that's a really good example of people doing their research accurately yeah. <clears throat> accurately and representing it accurately because um, like a lot of the different benders they um, did research on like different martial arts and they had them represent different martial arts from different uh, countries um, and like and even then with within the if you if you have, I don't know if anyone else has really watched the, the show that much but like within those elements there's like different subgroups of like like tribes and different people with different variations Mm -hmm. on like the way they conduct themselves yeah and you can tell just because of that too like the detail and like the amount of research that the creators of that show went into and like you said yeah they're white but like they did it i think they did it justice too because it, it just a lot of it is more instead of like being what we call being performative which is just doing it just to like make it look like you're doing something when you're really not right like in terms right. of like that's me at work yeah <laughs> yeah <laughs> hey man whatever whatever gets you through the day man <laughs> but but yeah so in general yes um so like, if these creators or these directors or these producers or writers or whatever the case is do the research and they're like really like the thing is they should be consulting at least consulting people who are part of that background if not yeah um, I agree. You know what I mean. So, <laughs> if they're the ones that are spearheading this project, then yeah, okay, cool. But at least consult people who are part of the group, at the very least. Yeah. Otherwise, though, if possible, it would be it would make more sense for someone of that background to do it because it's just they'll they're more likely to accurately represent what they're trying to show. Yeah, I agree. Like, I don't want to like I think it helps, and but I don't want to discredit like a director who isn't you know doing their research like um. Like Quentin Tarantino, um, he does a lot of research onto his films, 
uh, got what it was, but um, like let's say for example, like uh, that movie with Uma Thurman, Kill Bill, Kill Bill, <laughs> Kill Bill. yeah, sorry, um, <laughs> you know, like he creates characters who are representative historically of like legendary sword makers or um uh like something pertaining to um the sword that she carries like uh, i think his name is Hattori Hanzo. Hanzo. yeah like he's yeah. supposed to be like a legendary um sword maker or sword smith swordsman mm. and like they didn't make like a random name like this guy's name is naruto like credit to like the history of um like the sword making for that so and uh i think he did something as well in um what's that movie with that he directed with the cowboys and uh hateful eight uh yeah he directed that i believe so yeah oh i don't know um there were just like some things in, in django as well there's some things that like showed like wow he did his research mm. to um pay respect to history. Mm-hmm. Interesting. I'm gonna be honest. I am not that big of a fan of Quentin Tarantino. Mm. Was um, that? I'm not either. Did you like Kill Bill? I, at the time, I did. Like it was like inter- I think it's a good entertaining movie. But as I started to learn more about Quentin Tarantino, I realized. Is he's, he shitty? He's kind of an asshole, and he's uh. not a good person. So, and people will be like, okay, people will defend, uh, not defend, but they'll make the argument like, well, uh, you can separate the art from the artist, or you can, you know, like, that's not, it doesn't show in his work, and it's like, kind of, but even still, like, I can't in good conscience like support someone support someone who like, okay, so I would have to look this up, but. There was some there was some stuff that I was reading like he was like relatively abusive towards Uma Thurman when he was filming Kill Bill. Really? Wow. Yeah, and he did some weird shit like to her that he tried to cover up and when she would try to talk about it, he would um go out of his way to like silence her or like make sure media doesn't cover it basically. Wow. Um and that was just one of the things that I learned, but like after I started reading about like like other things just like just i don't know off the top of my head but just i'd have to bring it i have to look it up again to bring it up to bring it up but i just yeah i i and then i realized like i liked kill bill and kill bill 2 and then like that's all i can really think of that i really liked from him like Mm -hmm. his other movies were like they're kind of cool but nothing that like blew my mind in a way that makes sense but that's a that's a different story but oh i'll have to talk to you about that later like there's like i'm interested in like what, what he did so like, oh yeah for sure man i'm cool. down i'm down yeah so to wrap it up i guess um with all being said like what is your guys's relationship now to your asian identity like how do you guys look at it now let's start with ron <laughs> man uh it's like class I know, right? It's tough because, um, like, as you get older, um, you wish you were able to garner more from your cultural background, right? But, like, at the same time, um, what my parents, like, were providing for me was the, I guess, formula for the American successful dream. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. So, like, 
that's where like things that I identify with to say like what I like to cook, what I like to eat. I mean, I like eating Asian food, but like cooking, right? Like I told you, mm-hmm. it's like like my favorite thing to cook is like Texas barbecue. Yeah. Um, I speak English like ninety five percent of the time. Um, I don't follow the religious roots that um, my parents practice today. So like it's it's hard for me to like really identify from the roots, but I identify as like an Asian American based off maybe like let's say like um uh like I mean like this isn't like a good example like taking off your shoes before you enter a house, you know. Mm-hmm. Uh, you do or, or you don't do that? I do. I do. Okay. <laughs> I do. Yeah. Or like um, man, I can't really think off top of my head, but like, I guess sometimes like boiling water. Um, that is a very Asian thing to do. To, <laughs> I was gonna say, <laughs> just just to create some steam. I just boiled some before this podcast. Made my tea. <laughs> um, but now, like, I would like to get in touch with it more and more. Yeah. Um, this is just because you know hindsight's always twenty twenty, and I'd like for my kids to have something to identify with. Um, I don't want them or their kids grow up just not really having cultural background to like speak about identify with or you know carry along pride yeah Uh, yeah i don't want to like i said like earlier like i don't want to um just one day have my kids or my grandkids just say i'm just asian Mm -hmm. yeah i'm not saying that's a bad thing but um, I like for them to understand like their roots a little more, mm-hmm. but first I have to do that. Yeah. So. Nice. What about you guys? Um. Well, I feel like now you know that I'm older. I feel like I've gotten um in more touch with my culture than I did back then, just because I feel like back then I really underappreciated it. Mm-hmm. And now that I live, like, you know, far away from Daly City, where it's, like, there's not as many Filipinos here. I mean, there is, but it's not, like, how it is in Daly City, because, like, like, what do they call... Daly City is called, like, what, Little Manila? Fox City. Yeah. <laughs> what? Yeah. They call it Little Manila. Nickname it's, like, for the Daily sister city. city of Manila, like, which is in the Philippines. Yeah, but, yeah. But, yeah, um, I feel like I'm in... Like, I'm more in touch with it now because I've done a bit more research on being Filipino. And also, um, especially since, you know, I'm married now and I dropped my dad's last name. And it kind of made me feel like I kind of lost that part. You know, it's just a name, but, you know, it's still it's a Filipino last name. (laughs) But um, but recently I did get a Filipino tribal tattoo, which is yeah, it's um, it's like my way of keeping the culture close to me. Cause when I got my tattoo, they did a bunch of research on my family, um, which is including like my grandparents, my my great grandparents. Um, so it has like symbolism that you know represents my family, which you know now it's gonna be a part of me forever. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, um, like I said earlier, I really I hope to be able to you know pass the culture down to my future children but yeah um 
I'm I'm gonna make it a goal of mine to like keep the culture close to me. Um, you know, especially with JJ, you know, like teaching him more things. Um, I mean, it's kind of fun, you know, like teaching him things about my culture because it kind of <laughs> it helps me learn more about my culture. Yeah. So yeah, yeah, it's pretty cool. But yeah, how about you, babe? Uh, yeah. I mean, I kind of I kind of hinted at it or like got at it a little bit earlier with what I was talking about. Um, like doing my own research and learning about the history and the culture too. And because I never really experienced it growing up as a child, um, I really, I really wanted to like looking back at it. Like I was like, I kind of wish like, even as a kid, I was like telling myself, like, I kind of wish I was more outwardly Filipino than I, than I looked. (laughs) Right. But, um, like for me now it's, it's, I think it's super important to, and, and like some people will just be like, Oh, like, especially in America, like a lot of Americans, a lot of white Americans will be like, Oh, like, why are you worried about your identity or your background? You're all, we're all American. Like we're all blah, 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 whatever. Like, why are you making race a thing? Yeah. Like, Oh, why do you worry so much about your race or your ethnicity? But it's like, why not? You know, like it's important to, especially to our parents and our grandparents. Like we were just getting, like everyone else was talking about earlier. Like, um, like identifying with your heritage and your culture is important because there's a history that comes with it. Right. And mm-hmm. you want to do right. There's a lesson. There's a, lesson. Yeah. There's a story. There's a story right. and you want to do right by your parents and by your grandparents. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. And for everyone else in your extended family that, you know, like, especially in America, like they came here for a reason, right. They had to like, yeah. a lot of them had to like uproot themselves completely move somewhere where they didn't know anybody likely. Mm-hmm. Um, and start a new life and raise kids and grandchildren, you know? So I, I thought as an adult, like, especially recently, a lot of, like, what I've been studying, too, like, made me see that and, like, realize, like, wow, like, I should be in touch with my heritage and my culture. Um, and back then, my personality was a lot different. So I didn't, it wasn't something that was at the forefront of my mind, you know? Um, but now, like, kind of like what, what with what MJ was saying, it's the same thing, like, and with what Ron was saying about himself, it's like, I want to work on it for myself too. So that when I do eventually, when we do eventually have kids, it's like, I can teach them and show them like, Hey, look, like this is, this is you, this is your history. This is your background. Like the fact that we're here in America, like, yeah, it's important, but also like, it's also important to still know where you came from. You, yeah. Even if you never directly experienced it, like me or, or like Ron, um, mm-hmm and and for some people it's hard for them to see why that's important it's like well why and it's like you don't need anything else other than like because you want to right at that point it's just like they'll never understand so like i'm just doing it for me and my family and people uh, that i love like you know what i mean so yeah that's where exactly. i'm at yeah what, what about you andy i th- you know i think i think all of you touched on what i was thinking about and i'm not saying that just as like a cop out but like <laughs> um the, the main theme is essentially you know being underappreciative of your heritage and over yeah. time learning mm-hmm. why that's important well why why your heritage is important not why underappreciation is important um <laughs> yeah got you <laughs> yeah and, and um and I'm, tr- I'm trying to tie this up with like going with how this would go forward in terms of our like all of our stories right because yeah like at at the beginning you know i felt disconnected to to my 
culture, right? And and to that mm-hmm. story. But then at the same time, like your story right now is still an extension of your culture's story, right? Because when I'm thinking about, let's say, for example, Ron's story about the killing fields, right? Like that's a massively important part of his like not just his like history but also like his culture's history right yeah and, and even though like the little things like food and traditions aren't part of his everyday life the absence of that tells the same story that you know he's still a part of his culture's story right mm-hmm. um and you can feel a lot better <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and, and like you know even mj's and jim john's story like you know although like Jim John, like, I don't even know all the races that you're mixed with, right? But, like, the fact that you're here, you are continuing that story of your heritage, right? And, like, and same, same with us. Like, it's, I, I, I am sad that some things will die with me. Like, well, right now I'm trying to, you know, record all, all my mom's dishes and recipes, Oh yeah, <laughs> but it's just, it's just little things like that, right? Um, mm-hmm. and, and I'm sure like there there's stories probably not to the extreme of of Ron's situation, but like of communist China, you know, and and Hong Kong and colonialism and all that stuff. And the fact that we are here, we are still a part of that narrative, like whether or not we know how to speak our native tongue, you know. So I think that's mm-hmm. that's like I guess like the main going away kind of thought that I want to share at least for me i like that no yeah Yeah, i like that too totally it it makes sense to and not to extend it too much more but Mm -hmm. yeah i mean like it's important that we realize like we're the direct product of that history that our each of our heritages Mm -hmm. contain and that Mm -hmm. we're a continuation of that whether or not we're able to completely um read i don't say redistribute but like Pass, continue to pass down every single aspect of our culture just because like it, it it's just wouldn't be practical and we do what we can like at the very, at the very least we're all re- re- very aware of it right so at the very least yeah. we know there are certain things we can and do have control over and like yeah. you said even just recording dishes like like that's that's important like that's mm-hmm. that's a pretty good way to do it i think even yeah. if you don't teach that's your kids something. yeah it's a great start really. yeah like yeah. if you don't for me like even if i even though i never learned the language like hopefully like i can try to make i mean it may not but i can try to make up for that by being more aware of my culture and then like making sure that once we do have kids we teach them about it somehow mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. and then you know goes from there but yeah yeah makes sense yeah cool so with that said i mean like, you guys get to wrap it up yeah 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 i was gonna say anything else yeah. but I, I don't got anything <laughs> Yeah, thanks for joining us, Ron. Yeah, dude, thanks for your story. Dude. I enjoyed it. Um, yeah, it's fun. It's actually really fun. Yeah, you're welcome back anytime. Yeah, let me know. Um, I'd love to come back. So yeah, absolutely. It was great learning about you guys' cultures, and uh, it was eye-opening to see, um, you know how other people experience um different ways of growing up mm-hmm. as a Asian American. Yeah, in different yeah. parts of of California or America yeah. in general. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, and uh. Yeah, great advice on uh, how to keep things moving on without losing things. Yeah. That was, that's something that I'll take to heart. Awesome. All right, everybody, thanks for listening. Uh, follow us on our Instagram. Instagram. What else we got? Twitter. Facebook. Fi- Face. Oh, yeah, Facebook now. 
Bookface. Yes. If you're if you're listening, give us a follow and a like wherever you're listening to this from. Yeah. Thank you, everybody. Bye-bye. Bye. Peace out. See ya.